Captain Slog, Stardate 18. Uh, these are the continued voyages of Ensigns Mark and Eddie as we trek our way through all of Star Trek The Next Generation here live from 10 forward. We can now finally talk about Star Trek. Now Jensen's left because he hates it when we hang on about this shit. Uh, <laughs> what was, anyway, it, what uh, was he going on about? Climate change? Yes, climate change. Said he's been apparently he's been he's been just reading old historical files from Earth about climate change, and it said something about the massive testicles on somebody called Zelinsky. I don't know, I don't know what he was on about. Uh, <laughs> they fed a family uh, for a week after he was finally <laughs> taken down and murdered. Oh, he's raised the bar so high for fucking stand-up comedians, the prick. <laughs> Sid, Sid Singh put up a post the other day that said, uh, because Zelensky started out as a comedian, he guarantees that there is an open micer somewhere in Ukraine that's just like, yeah, that guy's a fucking arrogant prick, man, I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> Be for, for no reason. You, I mean, you must, like, as, as a comedian... I honestly don't think there's anyone, there's no other facet in of my life, there's no other grouping of people in my life that where, where I am so immediately happy to just have complete beef with someone for <laughs> no reason whatsoever. Um, there, there are comics on the London circuit that I have spoken to and hung out with and Everyone else thinks they're amazing. You, you think they're amazing, um, and I, and I'm just like, no, that that guy can fucking spin me. I, I'm my, my level of arrogance is my level of arrogance is so high that I don't I don't perceive myself as. That's the thing is like, I'm not part of it, Mark. I'm above it all. Uh, there can be all the fights and infighting. That's for that's that's fine. Uh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna keep plugging on and eventually get on. Uh, have I got news for you? That's it. Uh, I don't <laughs> through sheer talent alone. That's my thing. <laughs> I, don't, I don't don't care about connections. I don't care about inviting. Fucking have at it. Uh. Yeah. But that 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 is also then summed up with the fact that since I started doing this, I've made possibly only five true actual friends. <laughs> <laughs> And you and you and, you and Laura, are two of them. Uh, Thanks. <laughs> yeah. uh, the other ones, in case you're wondering, are uh, Ashish, yep. Ashish Shuri, uh, James Meekin, yep. uh, and now I'm not going to say the fifth because uh, there might be more than a few people listening to this who think it's them. Uh, nice. <laughs> tell you who it's not. Pete Wells. <laughs> you could, you could just fucking cut this. Not, 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 not because I'm scared that Pete Wells will hear it, because who gives a fuck, but just this isn't interesting for anyone. No, no. It's no. very unlikely that you know the people we're talking about. Aye. Or why we wouldn't like them or do like them. Who you do know is uh, Ensign Jensen. Yeah, Ensign Jensen. Is, is his first name brother. Jensen or is his surname Jensen? Both. Right. Ensign Jensen. Ensign Jensen. Jensen. <laughs> <laughs> He's named after the actor Jensen Ackles. <laughs> Classic 21st yeah. century actor Jensen Ackles um, and uh, and uh, also Jensen Button. His surname yeah. comes from Jensen Button. It's, uh, it doesn't make any sense, but that's that's how it works. <laughs> yeah, obviously um, he's named after Jensen Ackles, not for Jensen Ackles' acting career, but that Nobel Peace Prize that Jensen Ackles wins in 2048. And that's after he changes his name from Jensen Ackles to Jensen Eccles, yeah, yeah. Because he want he he want, he wanted to be recognised more for the scientist that he is <laughs> than the actor that he was. Yeah, it's a lot like Brian May in that respect. Yeah, um, yeah. Was Brian the <laughs> Professor Brian May? Was no, I'm sorry, I'm thinking about a different guy, Brian Cox. Yeah. Was Professor Brian Cox already a scientist when he was in D-Ream? So, but as, as I've heard him talk about it, is that um, he'd... Basically, D-Ream was Brian Cox's gap year. Like, he, he had his A-levels, <laughs> he was accepted to university, and then his band got signed. So he just went off to do that, and his parents were like, it's fine for you to do this, as long as you go to university at some point. Um, 
Whereas Brian May became a professor, um, was working on his dissertation uh, to, for his PhD when Queen took off. And um, he published it years later yeah. and got his dissertation. And in the uh, notes, it says, um, I started work. He has, to, he has to explain the gap in the research. And it, was, uh, <laughs> and, it's, and it says, unfortunately, I was distracted by other activities, which is a hell of a way to refer to being in Queen. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Oh. What do you think you so, would, if, what would you like to, to have done? Like what, it, if I if, if I'd applied myself, yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, as a kid, I wanted to be a lawyer, and then I grew up and realised lawyers are pricks. So, um, yeah, I, I like I like lawyers. I like legal like, eagle, the YouTube lawyer. <laughs> yeah, I like lawyers who aren't being paid by anyone at any point. Yeah. They can just tell me about the law rather than being dickheads. But no, I don't. I don't know. I've never really. And this is the thing, Mark. I've never really had any ambition, uh, which is why, at the age of thirty-seven, my best achievement is this podcast. And this is shite. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think I, I. I would like to have been a surgeon. Really? <laughs> yeah, because I. I have. Um, I I'm fa- I again I'm I've not I'm not diagnosed because I I think it's very difficult to, to get look this looked at as an adult. I'm pretty sure I have ADHD, um, but ADHD comes with it's it's not just you get distracted by shiny things. Uh, you also have it's it's that the, your attention levels are just all over the fucking place. Um, but it does it is a double edged sword because there are some like I I cannot do maths i like it 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 just it makes my brain the best way to describe it i think i've said it on this podcast before maths makes my brain feel like it's fuzzy (laughs) like it feels like i'm like like when i try to do maths it feels like i'm stroking a strange beard inside of my own head and i hate it and it and it my, my my parents spent money to get me a maths tutor for higher maths and I fell asleep on him twice um, <laughs> and uh, so I can't I can't do maths it just doesn't work um, but conversely there are things that I will become hyper attentive and hyper fixated on uh, like when I get a little craft project I will do that for 23 hours straight and oh, yeah. not eat and not go to the toilet or anything it, it's really bad and I like to think that uh, that would be useful in a situation where I have to reattach people's veins or whatever surgeons do. I don't really know. Surgery is essentially crafting. I'll give you that. Yeah, it's arts and crafts with, with people. Me. Yeah. <laughs> and I, 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 I do. I, can, I, I like learning how things work. So I, I feel like I could put a guy back together if I had to. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> could you put? Like, because you can, you can. But if you're doing like a kit project, you might get two kits and bodge them together. Do you reckon you could do that with a dude? Uh, what are the two bits? What are the two um, halves? Is he split uh, like straight down the middle, like no, a two face really situation? No, yeah, because no, no. yeah, the, the brain it has to be one brain, <laughs> right? It has to has to be one brain and one spinal cord. Those bits seem although, difficult. I'm not touching them. Although the thing is, Mark, I've seen quite a lot of pictures of my brain right. and mainly looks like it's just like sort of grey goo. I don't think it's as complicated as they're making out. What I if... think that brain surgeons know they're the only people who are allowed to look in there. So they're pretending it's way more complicated than it is so they can charge more. I think you may be right. Right, so so you're happy with it being one like two dudes that are split <laughs> down the middle and yeah. and it's and it's one one of them like the right half is totally gubbed and the other one the left half is totally gubbed. Yeah. I mean you definitely know what I'm going for here. I'm cuz if if there's a situation, what I would like is a situation where um, that has happened to maybe eight people, and I get to decide <laughs> who goes with who, because um, I'm I because I'm definitely going to put the black guy with the racist. Like I'm go- I'm going to be like this is a learning situation for you guys. Half Hussein Bolt, half Nigel Farage. <laughs> <laughs> He would just be really fast, but just in a circle. 
yeah, I reckon I could do it. Yeah, just yeah. a bunch of staples. Yeah, it can't be that odd. No, Mary Shelley basically had the idea worked out, and she was like sixteen, and like science hadn't been invented properly then, so it can't be difficult. No. Did you did you know that um, the idea of lightning bringing the creature back to life isn't in the original book? Yeah, yeah, it's not in the original. That's yeah. just from the early movies. It's weird. I think it, I think if you pitched it to her though, she would have gone. Yeah, no, that's good. That sounds good. Yep. Yeah. What if you go back in time, and you're the guy that pitches Frankenstein to Mary Shelley? Because I I, ref, I refuse to believe that a that a woman can invent an entire genre. No, that's the... <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I was about to say that you were doing the exact same thing where people go, "Well, was it her or was it Percy?" And it's like, no, it was her. It was her. It's like ev- like everybody in like they had a, they were at a gathering. They said, "Let's all come up with ghost stories." Mary Shelley came back with that, and everybody in the room, including Lord Byron, was like, "That is fucking brilliant." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, like, take it away from her. There's a sorry to go off on on tangents. Uh, there's there's an episode of the Highlander TV show uh, in which uh, Lord Byron is one of the immortals, and oh, he right. is um, he he's like a rock star. Like he reinvents himself as a rock star every couple of decades, uh, but he does still have the club foot, which makes him useless at sword fighting. So <laughs> how he's managed to survive this long, I don't know. But when when Duncan McLeod when he cuts the head off of the other immortal he gets all their their knowledge and their power. So does he then gain the knowledge to write really fancy poems? It's not even that fancy. Just all rightish. Do you, th- do you think do you think he he done it and then he was like, oh my god, Byron did give her the idea for Frankenstein. Fuck, I can't let this get out. Also, apparently, she got the idea of a cadaver coming back to life after attending uh, a medical lecture in Glasgow, where I'm from. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was um, the um, is it was it the guy who then was the inspiration for Doctor Jekyll? Um, I think so. Yeah, he because he, yeah, he, he, he made a corpse like set up. Yeah, he he was. Yeah, I think if it's the guy I'm thinking of, he was. Which is easy to do. You just hit it in the balls really hard. <laughs> Or just lift it. If you just lift it from the back, it will sit up. Or just, um, or just like, like in the movie Saw, you just have a guy that's lying there um, <laughs> the whole time as you do the lecture. Yeah. Should we and talk I, about this episode of Star Trek? Yeah, all right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we watched this episode of Star Trek that happened uh, in the in the yeah. last week. Is, fi- is... Fi- uh, I can say, finally, Mark, we got a, an episode that focused on everybody's favourite character, Jake. Uh, I mean, Jake's been the highlight of the show so far. It's nice to finally get a Jake-centric episode where we really dig into Jake and all about Jake. Who the fuck is Jake? Why are we supposed to know suddenly who the fuck Jake is? <laughs> we see him. We, so we see him once, right? We we meet him once at the beginning of the episode, and Wesley yeah. kind of says, "Oh, hi, Jake. It's good to see you, Jake." <laughs> are you all right, Jake? What are you up to, Jake? Listen, Jake. I wish it was me that was whatever blah 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 um because then later when the shuttle goes missing and Riker goes oh my god it's jake <laughs> i was like who <laughs> they had they had the scripts for this entire series written before they started filming i presume so maybe when looking at this episode somebody could have gone should we put jake in like two episodes earlier I like a recurring character. Have a spectacular piece of trivia uh, that might help. That, okay. that might explain sort of what went on here. Um, starting with this episode, Morris Hurley took over the job of showrunner from Gene Roddenberry. Oh, okay. <laughs> Hurley was concerned that the show's writing process had stalled under Roddenberry's readership, and so personally paid for a vacation for Roddenberry and Maggie. Magil Barrett on the understanding that he would take over while they were gone upon his eventual return Roddenberry opted to leave Hurley in charge of the writing staff what a fucking coup that guy is the Jake of, of that of that writing team he's like I'm going to take it on myself I'm going to be the hero I am going to be the main character now this is absolutely 100% correct uh, mainly because 
as bad as this sounds, Gene Roddenberry doesn't know how to write Star Trek. Gene Roddenberry no. knows how to make Star Trek and create Star Trek. And Gene take Roddenberry for Star Trek. And take all the credit <laughs> for Star Trek. Gene Roddenberry does not know how to write Star Trek. It's awful. No. He may have done at some point, but he does not know how to write Star Trek in the late 80s. I can tell you that much. Nah. But, um, yeah, Gene Roddenberry the... comes in, he's like, what about a story uh, where a surgeon puts together a racist and a black guy? <laughs> <laughs> well, and then, like, so he's half white, half black. And then like he's like, yeah, go, Gene, you did this in season three of the original series. Oh, fuck. <laughs> but what if we take... I've got it. What if we take the other, the opposite side of the original black guy and the opposite side of the original racist and put them together and then make them fight? <laughs> Are you familiar with the comic book character Death Clock? Death Clock, the cyborg. Where it's a, a cyborg. Okay, so the he's DC Comics and he's a cyborg from the future. And the human part of him is a murderer and the robot part is in control. And stops him from being a horrifying murder like serial killer murderer and then every now and then like something happens and like the rope and it's like if he gets backed into a corner the robot bit just turns off control and goes all right <laughs> <I'm back." laughs> I'm, I'm, is, is it death lock it might know it might marvel? be marvel not dc yeah yeah because isn't he in the first season of agents of shield played by j yeah. august richards yeah he is but not, not without the serial killer aspect because oh. apparently uh, Fucking Disney. Uh, uh, yeah, that's that is that is a fantastic uh, premise for a character. But yeah, um, so what serial killer would you put inside what robot? Uh, let's see. So I want the robot to definitely be able to remain largely in control. So let's go with Robocop. Yeah, uh, and serial killer Shipman. Uh, <laughs> Why Shepman? I just I just like the idea of Robocop saying I have to go somewhere there's an old woman <laughs> who Being might alive. survive. <laughs> Does he then have to fight um his arch enemy? Uh, around on his finger. <laughs> Ed two oh nine, who is also Ed Gein, so that they didn't have to change his name. <laughs> got a gun arm and another arm that's a knife for making your skin into a lamp <laughs> <laughs> and then they've got um uh, they've also got ted 209 who is ted bundy um, and another ed 209 that just invites women back into his car <laughs> <laughs> ted, ted bundy is the scariest serial killer eh because the thing is, he didn't. Because the thing that makes him scary is that he didn't really have a shtick. He just he just liked commitment. He just liked women and just I mean murdering them. But it was it he's was the ripper for me. I'm a classics fan. We don't know where he went. We don't know where he was from. He could have been a vampire. He could have been Wolverine. We don't know. It's just, there's a lot of a lot of fun to play around with Jack the Ripper. Uh, it might have been Laszlo from. I just want to put this out there if they make a movie of the siege of Kiev Matt Berry has to play Zelensky <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Putin fuck off have you, <laughs> have you seen box, that they now reckon the Snake <laughs> Island guys are alive yeah they, they're taken prisoner that's good isn't it yeah yeah I'm I, 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 just, I love I love all Ukrainian people. I want to go see yeah. Ukraine, the Kiev, and buy everyone a pint. If I didn't have a brain tumor, I'd go over there and throw some Molotov cocktails at a tank. When are you going to get a chance to do that again? Uh, Why is the brain tumor stopping you? Because I've got treatment next week. Oh, all right, okay, yeah, all right, fair enough. <laughs> I thought the brain tumor um, was just giving you more sensible ideas. <laughs> like the brain tumor is like your robot. <laughs> yeah, it's a small brain tumor. This guy, don't. I want to live. Uh, <laughs> um, um, right. So, Jake, tell us a plot of this episode. Um, Wesley tries to get into Star Trek, uh, Starfleet. Sorry, not Star Trek. Unfortunately, he's already in Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> Wesley tries to get into Starfleet, and Starfleet selection process is, and I think you'll agree with me, Mark. Frankly, baffling. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they can't. They can't all have passed this test. 
I I refuse. I was trying to explain this to Laura because Laura was like, surely, surely not. Like, because they they need to replace all of the red shirts that die, right? Yeah. They, they need to. Ha- they 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 can't just always be picking the best. It is a military operation. They do have to bring in scrubs. Yeah, it's not what you would assume, which is there's a standardised test and scoring above a certain thing gets your acceptance. It's you are put in a room with four other people and whoever can is the winner. Like, it's the Hunger Games. Yeah. It's like, how many ships are there with thousands of people? It, it's the, For this to work, the Federation must have literally billions of planets. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's fucking mental. As well as, like, the whole psych... Uh, yeah. There's a lot to unpack in this episode. Is it? It's, it's, it does have, notably, Mark, our first Vulcan. Uh, the one that looks like Prince. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and doesn't say a lot. Nope. Um, I think it was uh, notable. Well, the first thing that, that really stood out to me is, and the first note I have is, oh, good, another Admiral. Can't wait to find out how mental this one is going to be. <laughs> yeah, because the B plot is that there's uh, an investigation on board the Enterprise into what Picard's been up to because they suspect that there's something wrong. And at the end of the episode, it turns out they didn't suspect anything. The general just wanted to check that he wasn't evil before he invited him to teach at the academy. Yeah, it turns out it was all a test. And if you are unable to see that coming from the rest of the episode, it means that you don't understand how A story and B stories work together. Yeah. Um, and I'm just glad that we're mainly focusing on Picard and not on all of those secrets I've been selling to the Romulans. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all the money Jensen's been skimming off the top. Um, so, <laughs> Which is, it is impressive in a moneyless society how dedicated that guy is <laughs> to taking very small amounts of money out of 10 forwards till. Um so the, the four people who are competing on Wesley's there's Wesley mm-hmm. uh, who is a human there is a Vulcan lady there's Mordak who is a Benzite and then there is a woman from a species that look human but can't deliver dialogue <laughs> uh, <laughs> and who is just absolutely thirsting for that 15 year old boy yeah now Mark I want to address something do you think it's his new haircut <laughs> oh god his new very shit haircut yeah it looks like it was an accident. It looks like <laughs> somebody called Will Wheaton's name while he was in the chair getting his hair done. Turned <laughs> and it's sliced off a chunk. Um, but the, this is... So the, the, the girl is talking to Wesley. She's like, oh, are you old enough to be entering Starfleet? Which... Is there an age limit? Does the age limit vary from species to species? I don't know how long it takes a yeah. girl to grow up. Um, um, they do have to... Well, actually, there was a, a deleted scene from this episode uh, that would have been... This isn't a joke. This is true. Uh, there is a deleted scene from this episode that was at Wesley's 16th birthday party. Right. And they're celebrating in not 10 forward, in 21 forward. Okay. And the... Wesley's not allowed up to 10. <laughs> <laughs> no, Whoopi don't like it. Um, so... Uh, and, and while their data, who's criminally underused in this episode, asks Worf how old Worf is, to which Worf replies, "We don't, we don't really have, we don't know, we don't really have birthdays. That's not a thing that we celebrate." So yeah. data asks, well, what, "What does that mean? How old are you?" And Worf just says, "I don't know," and then <laughs> says to Data, "How old are you?" <laughs> or or how or Data, how old do you know you are? And then Data's like, yeah, no, I I don't know either. This was described as a comedic deleted scene, but that was basically (laughs) the dialogue, so I don't know how Brent Spinner would have have spun that. Um, Yeah, I was going to say, in this episode, Wesley says to the girl, she's like, how old are you? You're old enough. And he says, oh, I'm 16 next month. And she says, oh, happy birthday. Yeah. That's not how birthdays work, Mark. That should have been... You don't say happy... Exactly, that should have been when she was booted out. Yeah, you don't say happy birthday to someone every time they mention when their birthday is. That's... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Wesley seems to be pretty happy to take it because um, he seems to be pretty into her as well, which is funny because 
I would have thought that Wesley would only be attracted to women who look like his mum and who have no interest in him whatsoever. <laughs> Rather than women who are interested in him and look like Troy. Uh, yeah. I, um, I I just I I yeah, this entrance exam is mental because they just what they only take one person how often are they doing this? Yeah, they only take one person. You can only do it like once it takes a year before you can re enter. Um like and then not only like, like there's a psychological test which requires is basically an escape room level of staging that needs to be done. <laughs> That isn't done in a holodeck either. No. They, like, build a fake set. Yeah. And it's done with two but... guys who clearly went to space, Juilliard. <laughs> um, this this episode in the Beast plot also has possibly what I think is the most frustrating uh, scene we've seen in Star Trek so far, which is when Riker is talking to Picard in Picard's office the first time. Riker is leaning on the back of a chair. Yeah. Uh, and I can't tell you how much I was waiting for the moment where he stepped over the chair to sit in it, uh, which you may be aware of is known as the Riker maneuver. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, in the first scene, he doesn't sit in the chair at all. And I have never felt more frustrated. Fortunately, he does later on, which is the first time he's done it in TNG. Yeah. And I ended up Googling why Jonathan Frakes does that. So, Jonathan Frakes, and this is according to Will Wheaton in an interview, Jonathan Frakes uh, badly injured his back in a previous job as a furniture mover. So, he suffers from fairly chronic back pain, which is why Riker rarely stands up straight. He's always sort of slanted to one side. And why he's, like, leaning against walls all the time. And the reason he steps over the back of the chair is it's much more comfortable for him than stepping and dropping into a chair. We were talking um, about this. repeated scenes. Because he does does love a classic walk towards a wall, turn back around to the other person bit of acting. He loves leaning against a wall. Yeah. Just uh, his life is constant agony. Uh, And the American healthcare system and the healthcare system of Starfleet, apparently, isn't enough to deal with that situation. <laughs> That's bizarre. Um, so, a- along with, the, along with the, the annoyingly not mental Admiral, there's another character who comes on, Remick. And Remick. Remick's job is to wander around and sort of... Um, annoy everyone. Annoy everyone. Well, he's, he's the guy who's taken, uh, like, stock. Like, he's got his little iPad. And he's yeah. asking people questions. And we are um can it obviously from the fact that they cast quite a weasley looking dude and the fact that he's quite irritating, we're supposed to think that this guy is you know, he's he's not the good guy. Um the first thing he says is there's something wrong with this ship, to which immediately Picard should have said, Yeah, I, yeah, I it's the holodeck, he keeps murdering folk. <laughs> um we then see him out on the job, and the first thing he does is go over to Jordy and sort of stand beside Jordy and take down notes. And uh, the f- the first thing that J- uh, Remick has in his report is that a blind guy is driving the ship, <laughs> and is then told by said blind guy, "There's nothing to see here." <laughs> so which surely he's like, "Sorry, is this a is this a riddle? <laughs> like, <laughs> did I need to solve this?" Yeah, no, they say it's like there's a blind man steering a ship. Yeah. He says there's nothing to see here. What day of the week is it? (laughs) 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 Um, Yeah, and Remick, like, Remick, to be fair, Remick's questions are fair questions. Like, how did the, like, it's, it's going over the events of previous episodes. It's like, how did the contaminant get on the ship? How did you wind up stuck on the other side of the galaxy? How. You know, it's like fair questions it's to ask. One step above a clip show, <laughs> as well. Yeah, because yeah, we don't get clips; we just get people talking about it. I mean, in fairness, it does it does raise the question: Why didn't Remick just watch the episodes on the computer? <laughs> like we did? <laughs> yeah, he could have asked us. We know all this information. Oh yeah, hundred percent. But they never come down. They never come down no. with the bridge, do they? No, Back in the mucky mucks. No, but down in the lower decks. Deck 56 for life, mate. I've got it tattooed. <laughs> I uh, I spelled life with a Y. Oh, right, okay. 
That's the uh, Romulan spelling. So, uh, <laughs> so. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, basically, so this is this is something that does address a question I've had about Star Trek for a long time, which is: Is Star Trek shit only happening on the ships that we that that, that shows have been set on? Or yeah, is this or is this happening on all? Because surely the answer to all of these questions should be Picard going, "Yeah, Star Trek is Starfleet shit. This is yeah. weird shit that happens on all ships, isn't it?" If if they <laughs> if they were to fire, um, surely if they were to discipline or fire everyone who it takes part in one of these situations, there wouldn't be enough people to man a single starship. Like, because because it, it can't just be. You're, it can't just be the Enterprise, because otherwise people would constantly be wandering around the Enterprise going, this is fucking weird. Everything we do is weird, right? Yeah, pe- people would want to get transferred off regularly. But anytime, like you, like, you hear about a previous ship that somebody served on, like Picard's on the Stargazer, oh, there's a thing called the Picard Maneuver named after how he blew up a fucking Ferengi vessel with that. Um, later on, we'll find out that, like, Riker's old ship is stuck halfway out of a fucking meteor. Uh, right it's yeah and like deep space nine's next to a wormhole filled with alien gods voyager's stuck on the other side of the planet fucking discovery's got a drive made out of mushrooms and a, there's a giant tardigrade in it at some point but it's, this is just the enterprise has dolphins yeah do you think the dolphins been... find it weird <laughs> do you think the dolphins have ever asked for a transfer <laughs> To it, I want to be on a dolphin only vessel. Uh, I'm tired of being confined to one deck. <laughs> um, yeah, it's 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 yeah, bizarre. I I do want to talk about. I love the design of Mordak the Benzite, uh, who's got a little what looks to be like a steampunk harmonica, like he's in a one man band. Yeah. <laughs> Like, so <laughs> uh, so so spoilers. Uh, Mordak is the one who wins the entry to Starfleet Academy, um, and he is revealed to be the first. Is it Benzine? Benzite. Benzite. He's the first one, um, and I I just think it, the fact that he got in his pure politics. Um, it is in a way nice to see that affirmative action is still on the go, even for people so addicted to crack that they just have a pipe installed. This is again. This is the selection process, though. There's an entire planet, Mark, of benzites. So let's say that's got to be a population of six to seven billion benzites for them to have had a civilization capable of warp travel. And none of them, none of them got. Even the ones who invented their warp engine, they didn't get into Starfleet. <laughs> what? Because at some point, it does have to just come down to. Like, I know that Starfleet is supposed to be all hippie, all singing, all dancing, everyone's accepted, but there's a, there's a limit, mate. There's... If you if you're, if your appearance or smell puts <laughs> other people off of eating, you shouldn't yeah. be allowed on a human ship. Now, I might, I might get called a Nazi for that, <laughs> but frankly, I'll take it. I'm, I'm going to throw this out there. Have you noticed that Starfleet seems to be a humanoids only club? You never see a you never see a gas cloud creature, or like none of these energy beings ever join the fucking fucking Starfleet. Oh, even Odo on Deep Space Nine, he lives in a bucket. He's a liquid essentially. He's not. He's a Bajorian security forces. He's not in the fucking Starfleet. I have heard that it is because they don't want to install special showers for other people. If you're a, if if you're a cloud with a face. Uh, a traditional shower <laughs> setup doesn't work that well for you. And again, even a cloud with a face, if it doesn't bathe for long enough, will start to smell. And they don't want Ten Forward getting stunk out by Cloudor. Cloudor, the, the cloud person. <laughs> I imagine that's like my name is Cloudor, home of the cloud people. And he's like, is your name just. Is that is, is Cloudor like your version of Muhammad? Is that just like. <laughs> like is it what everyone is basically called? <laughs> oh, one of my favourite jokes in Rick and Morty is that there's a character who like is made of he's like a gear based robot and what is they, they call him Gearface or something 
And he, he says, why do you call me Gearface? He, uh, he says, that's, like, I think it's, yeah, that's another thing. Stop calling me Gearface. Gearface. That's like finding a Chinese man and calling him Asia Head or something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, I would, Worf's great in this episode. Worf is great in this episode. He's even better yeah. in the next episode that I skipped ahead and watched. Yeah, no, I should have watched that. I'm bad at this. I'm bad at all things uh, but um, yeah no he's like because Wesley talks to him because he knows he's got the psych test coming up and he's like oh oh and what what's really disappointed that he's not going to get that wank in the holodeck yeah Wolf, I want to know what Wolf was going to do on the holodeck that he can't do with a child present um, but <laughs> he walks in and he's like and like Wesley's like oh well, like well you didn't have to go for the psych test was no worry to you because like it's you you're confronted with like your worst fear yeah that's I mean my worst fear is somebody cutting my dick off while I'm asleep. So I, just, I don't know how you simulate that. But like Wolf's like, is he talking to Wolf? And Wolf's like, he's like, you're a Klingon warrior. You're not scared of anything. And Wolf's like, only a fool isn't scared of anything. And he asks Wolf what he's scared of. And Wolf's scared of relying on other people. <laughs> <laughs> and also, where, where, where does it end? How, in, in the words of Dan Harmon, how do you know when you're finished? Like, is there, do you think there's anyone out there whose entire Starfleet career is just one of those psych <laughs> tests? And then after retiring yeah. at the age of 90, it just resets them back. Be, or just that, that guy comes out and says, congratulations, Ted. You've you've passed. You can get into Starfleet now. Yeah. That was Kirk. Yeah. Kirk, Kirk's greatest fear was having to put the lives of a crew he loved and respected on the line. Uh, but to do that, they had to do a false exercise where he spent 28 years bonding with a group of people first. <laughs> uh, Wesley's task is that he has to he has to lift uh, a, a piece of piping that's broken off yeah. of some guy and I said it's Wesley Crusher not Wesley Lifter <laughs> that's been called Wesley Crusher because he crushes it in the gym Mark. yeah <laughs> yeah it's two guys he's got to choose between saving a guy who's hurt uh, and can't save himself, and a guy who can save himself, but is doing his Bill Paxton in Aliens impression, um, <laughs> and he makes the right call. And, and, and we find out finally how Wesley's dad died, which is at some point Picard had to make a decision like this, and he chose to let Wesley's dad die. You would do, wouldn't I, you? To, uh, here's my question, Mark. I don't know whether Picard made the right decision until I see how attractive the other man's wife was. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh yeah, one thing I want to mention. I love the balls on fucking Remick because after after he's been investigating Picard for like the entire episode. Oh yeah, um, yeah. And he turns out he like reports back to the admiral. And he's like, "There's nothing wrong on this ship. Picard is a, a exemplary uh, Starfleet captain. He's done a fantastic job." Um, and um, on a personal note, I'd just like to say uh, my uh, rotation at the like investigation core is up in a year, and I'd like to be stationed on board the Enterprise. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> The look on Picard's face of "you can absolutely fuck yourself" <laughs> is 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 a is a, a genuine painting. Yeah, it's okay, okay, again for following specifically the orders of an admiral and finding you innocent of all wrongdoing. He's like, "No, you can fuck off, mate." Yeah, because Picard know because Picard knows he's done. <laughs> Picard's, <laughs> Picard's like, "I've killed six red shirts today, and you didn't even." You didn't even know. I'm the one who I set the holodeck to murder. Yeah, I've got a switch in my room, and I'm watching the holodeck anytime someone's in it, and I just throw it to murder when I get bored. And it's a uh, it's a fish key, so that uh, <laughs> so that so that so that it's not actually all that easy to flip it back. You have to go and find another set of keys with a fish key, and you know how difficult that is in the 24th century. I'll tell you what, mate. Jen, you need to go down and see Jensen. Not the not Jensen from accounts, the other the the other Jen, the Jen, the janitor. No relation. <laughs> um, but oh, I, I forget we're forgetting about the hero of this episode, mate. Jake. Oh, Jake. Yeah. Jake. Jake, Jake, up again later. Jake steals a shuttle to escape yeah. his dad because he's yeah he's what because the only thing that you can't outrun in space. Mark is your parents' disappointment. Yeah, uh, 
Uh, well, that's not true, actually, because as we'll find out in Voyager, um, Tom Paris manages <laughs> to do it. <laughs> but um, yeah, so he nicks a shuttlecraft, and then Picard, for it, Picard, like his shuttlecraft goes off and it stalls because that's a thing that can happen, and it's going to crash into the planet and burn up in the atmosphere. And then Picard like tells him to like point the point the shuttle. Don't. At the planet. Yep. Pick up some speed and then twist and bounce off the atmosphere. Yep. Um, it's, it's what everyone thinks. But what Picard was actually trying to do was just rid himself of this Jake problem. Um, I, and because the- Remick was there, he had to make it look like he was doing something. Whereas, had Remick not been there, when the call came in from the shuttle that was, uh, Captain Picard, uh, the edges have cut out, Picard would have just put uh, a hand to an ear and gone sorry can I hear something and then <laughs> mute no it would have been like he would have been uh, number one we can't we can't lose another shuttlecraft is there any way of beaming back the shuttlecraft but leaving Jake in space <laughs> <laughs> Picard he's, he's, he's just sitting there remember, remember when all those kids got kidnapped if they'd taken Jake I would have left them <laughs> that's another thing as well is that um Almost immediately after taking the shuttle out, uh, we are told that the shuttle is out of transporter range. How, yeah. the, how the fuck? How yeah, long is transporter range? The, this is they've already beamed Wesley down to the planet, which yeah. is further away than where the shuttle is. Oh, well, that's one thing I did. Like, I, I've, when Wesley beams down, they beam an admiral up. Yeah. And I is that like in chess where if you get a pawn all the way to the other side of the board you have to change it into a king. <laughs> oh you get you kept this child alive until the age of 16. Well done Kirk. Well done Picard. That doesn't happen often on board Starfleet vessels. Have an admiral. Is it an evil admiral? No. We don't know. Probably. One of the one of the one of the one non-mental ones. Um, well, I actually don't know that he, he might be super paranoid because he's paranoid that there's something going on in Starfleet, which I'm imagining is setting us up for the end of season. But he might just be mental, Mark. He might yeah. be the paranoid idiot who goes crazy. I was wondering, is this just Alex Jones as a Starfleet admiral? Because <laughs> he's, uh, yeah, he he does he comes off as pretty normal, but then uh, his methods obviously are highly questionable. It's not how I would yeah. have gone about it. Yeah. I would have just, like, gone through the reports myself. Yeah. I, w- I would have stationed somebody on board the Enterprise to look into this without telling anyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I, like... I would have just put Remick on the Enterprise. <laughs> yeah. It's been like, oh, I've got a new bridge officer for you. Uh... And it's Remick, but he has a moustache in case anyone recognises him. <laughs> yeah. And because he thinks it makes him look harder. Um, one thing I do like about it is during the questions, one of the things Picard is in trouble for is that time he saved Wesley's life, which I get. <laughs> like, you broke the prime directive to save Wes to save someone's life. Yep, one of your crew. Yep, oh, that's actually kind of fine. I understand where you're coming from. Which which crew member was it? Wesley. Fuck off, Picard. <laughs> Picard should have then asked him exactly which prime directive is that that I fucked. Because because yeah. Riker was down there. Given it his own <laughs> prime directive, mate. Yeah, the, the, pri- the yeah. prime directive is what Riker calls his knob. The prime directive, which is yet to be properly defined by anyone on screen or in writing, just like Riker's knob. <laughs> but unlike Riker's knob, the the prime directive should be up on a wall in the writers' room. It isn't. Riker's knob is. It's like with a big arrow saying, "When in doubt, this yeah. signed Gene." <laughs> Off on vacation. Bye, guys. Oh, do we want to talk about the Zoltan, the Zoldans, who are infuriated by courtesy? Oh yes, I uh, yeah. completely understand where they're coming from. Yeah, but also I feel like as if you, that that should be something that you should have probably gotten under control if you're a Starfleet officer, like. <laughs> yeah, Worf isn't allowed to just go around beating the shit out of everyone. <laughs> just because he's a Klingon. Yeah. <laughs> what? What was his fucking site? Where was his fucking 
week-long psychological testing. <laughs> <laughs> just a bunch through. of people saying that they were sorry. <laughs> he just had to spend a week in Ottawa. <laughs> That's a, 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 a Zoldan. They 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 are they are literally banned from Canada. <laughs> the Canadian Zoldan War, which started because <laughs> a Canadian accidentally bumped into a Zoldan. Yeah. <laughs> and what you may not the Zoldan, they actually won uh, because it, it, it all came down to a navy battle, and the Zoldan were slightly better at it because they've got webbed fingers. Also, if you don't like common courtesy, how comes I would have just called him Webby? Uh, like, yeah, he's got the web fingers right there. Go for that. Make it. It's an easy. I like. Why doesn't every ship have a Zoldan? <laughs> Essentially, as a sort of psychological punching bag. Like, yeah, you could if you were a Zoldan, you you'd do a better job as of being a counselor than Troy does. But how many Zoldans end up in Starfleet? Because. If there was a species who thrived on being insulted, and be, surely they should just be working every service job in the galaxy. <laughs> I, um, I mean, it'd be so good. You'd just, you'd, you'd just call up Ken Ensign, Ensign Barry, come up to Barry. He's from, he's from... Uh, his office is next door to Troy's so when she's not been able to solve your problem yeah. he's just walking in and going you're a fucking prick Barry he's, yeah exactly he's, he's, from, he's from the he's from the, the Zoldan version of Lincolnshire and <laughs> but yeah that's it that's it. Troy just uses him to, to let off some steam just goes in and goes alright cunt it's Barry but it's got a, it's got an apostrophe in it so it's a science fiction name yeah but the apostrophe is uh, instead of the A that's how you know it's really complicated. So, oh. I when I was going to say, yeah. there's, a, there's a moment in this episode that I genuinely laughed at, which is when they begin the psychological test, and Wesley knows he's going to face his worst fear. Um, he walks into a room, and it's just an empty room with a chair. And I was so hoping that it was going to turn out that Wesley was scared of chairs. <laughs> Gonna <laughs> walk into the game. Fuck no. <laughs> Backwards out the door. <laughs> oh, chairs. Those are what my mother sits in while she tells me she doesn't love me. Uh, <laughs> well, she looks at Captain Picard, the man who killed my father. <laughs> oh, we get a Picard speech, a little one, a yeah, little, little embryonic Picard speech, where he's all about like, oh, you tried your best. And failed because you're a loser. But don't worry, I I failed my first one. So don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone, or I will f- fucking space you. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know how serious I need to be to use space as a verb. <laughs> it's only one step down from you're gonna get jaked. <laughs> Do you remember your pal Jake? And Wesley goes, no. Who? Picard goes, fucking exactly. That's that's what that's. That's how that's how much I spaced him. I erased him from people's memories. He's and it wasn't so it, it wasn't like some sci-fi rigmarole or something. I just killed that guy so horrifically in front of everyone <laughs> that everyone's brain just agreed that they were going for everyone blanked out. The next time Remick comes on this ship and asks, "Where's Jake?" Everyone's just going to have a breakdown. Like. It, like <laughs> And then, and it's going to be Remix's first day on the job, and you know what? It's, <laughs> it's going to make him transfer back to wherever the fuck he was. And yeah. I, so, two birds with one stone. Got rid of Jake. Got rid of Remick. That's why they call me Picard the Winner, son. Every single person who I competed against and lost in my first attempt to get into Starfleet is dead. Yeah. Do you know? Do you know? Do you know who? Do you know who beat me out? Wesley. Do you know who beat me that first time? Your fucking dad. <laughs> <laughs> where's he why don't you give him a call no he's not fucking round is he right the only reason that I don't have 1000 plus murders on my conscience is that I don't have a conscience <laughs> it's, to be genuine here for a moment so we're told Jake is getting disciplined and Mark I'm going to go out on a I'm going to go out on a crazy limb here um, 
based on just my knowledge of how TV in the 90s worked, in the 80s and 90s, we're never going to see Jake again. No. So we know he got disciplined, and he will never be seen or referred to again. He's going to be disappeared off more than somebody who passed into the sphere of Zach Morris in Saved by the Bell. <laughs> the phrase, never seen and heard from again, turns up on the Wikipedia pages for episodes of Saved by the Bell with alarming frequency. <laughs> and I'm not saying that Zach Morris is a serial killer. I'm saying Principal Belding is a serial Why else would Prin- Principal Belding bully Screech? Right? He idolises Zach. When Zach leaves and goes to college, Belding follows him. Belding is killing anybody who comes in and causes any pain for Zach Morris and just murdering them. Or, or maybe I'm reading too much into it. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> what I mean, I'm just trying to think. Belding, maybe. What, what other what robot would you put him in? <laughs> Problem is there aren't that um, many other good robots. Uh, Betty Five. from the Jetsons. Johnny Five, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Jenny Five from the movie that represents the very, very last point where it was acceptable to brown up. <laughs> Woof. Don't, don't, don't have a go at this podcast for that. Have a go at Fisher Stevens. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, there's not a lot. I think we talked about everything in this episode. Is this the first yellow holodeck grid we had as well? Yes. Um, and apparently they were worried about how expensive it was going to be. And so the production design, uh, the person who comes up with the budget, Jensen, uh, asked if they could just do it in a corridor instead. Because <laughs> they already had a corridor. There's, there's no point showing an empty holodeck if you're not going to then use the holodeck. It's 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 it, it's black paint and yellow duct tape, isn't it? That's yeah. that's it's, uh, that was too expensive. Yeah. Like, the, the the problem is getting the duct tape really straight. <laughs> they blew Best. all the money on casting Jake. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, next week's episode is Heart of Glory. Aye. Which is that any good, Mark? You've watched Aye, it. Aye, it's about Klingons. It's it's a sort. It's yeah, it's, it's, it's all right. Aye. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'll get that. I'll get that watched. <laughs> nice. Uh, <laughs> right. Um, yeah, thanks for joining us. Bye. Bye. The Captain's Slog is performed by Mark O'Neill and Eddie Edwards. You can follow both of them on Twitter and Instagram. Mark's at RealMarkO'Neill and Eddie is at EdEdwardsComedy. If you like the podcast, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter and now on YouTube at Captain's Slog. And we have a Facebook page as well. Or if you really like what we do here, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Captain Slog.